off the ball. I don't think Springboks are in crisis because you would hate for a team that is so phenomenally good a year out from the World Cup to be world number one and then to go out in the quarterfinals. Yes, yeah, Stephen, we, we need to subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Gareth Roberts is with us. Gareth, good morning to you. How are you? Morning. Uh, I've been better, fair to say. <laughs> um, is it just that Joe Gomez was really bad last night and that's the, the problem? Or is there something more fundamental going on here too? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good night for Joe, obviously. And he's he's subbed off at half-time and, and rightly so. But he's not alone in, in being someone that could have been subbed off. I think... Um, you know, it was one of those performances where a lot of people are using the word now malaise, um, and that might be a little bit dramatic, but it did seem to be across the team. And and what was worrying for me was just sort of some of the basics just weren't there. I mean, there was a point there where Fabinho misses three tackles in a row, uh, and that is very un-Fabinho. Like, there's a point there where Mo Salah puts his hand up to receive a ball. He receives the ball, and he just completely miscontrols it. Um, we can see Trent, Alexander-Arnold and Virgil van Dijk, both who've been absolutely brilliant for Liverpool, uh, making fundamental, basic mistakes. Uh, you've got van Dijk giving penalties away, which he didn't do for 150 games for Liverpool. Now he's given two away in one season. Um, so, you know, there appears to be a, a collective issue. Um, so, you know, you started off mentioning Joe Gomez, but I mean, you can mention players right through the team who aren't playing to the standards we know they can do. Um, and it might it may seem basic, but they look knackered to me. They look they don't look on it sort of physically or mentally. And and you know, I wouldn't want to question things like desire and attitude and things like that, because they've given us so much this group. You know, they've won us the league, uh, they've won us the European Cup, they won us two trophies last season and won ninety two points in the league. So to, to suggest there's some kind of drop off among their actual attitudes, I can't see how that would just turn so quickly. I really can't. So it, it must be more fatigue. It maybe is a hangover from the fact that you know they went so much for those four trophies last season and only ended up with the two, and ended up with the two that you know aren't top of the list. If we're all being honest, so I think all these factors coming together, plus the injuries, uh, plus the fact that. They didn't reinforce till really late in midfield. Um, all of these things are coming together almost like a a swirl of dirty water, if you like. And and you know, I think what's concerning is that, you know, if you don't pull things together pretty soon, the, the season could disappear down the plug hole. This Liverpool team, Gareth, I mean, they're they, we mentioned it at the top of the show today, like they're known for their intensity and yet the the running stats that have come out across Twitter over the last uh, number of days uh, quite concerning when you look at them comparison yeah. to other Premier League teams and also even comparison to Liverpool at the start of last season like what can you put that down to like you see some of the players maybe strolling around the pitch and look yeah the cynic can maybe say it's an attitude thing but maybe you're right like maybe it is just a just a fatigue issue like but but it has to be concerning for Jurgen Klopp at this point oh 100% i mean you know we all know don't we that the uh, you know, the motto from, from Pep Linders is intensity is our identity and they've got that up on the wall around the club and things like that. But that hasn't been the case. And that's what I mean before about, about the basics. You know, you, you can look out, you can expect poor form, you can expect injuries, but I don't think you expect to see a lack of intensity from Liverpool. But they are getting outrun. They are getting outthought, outfought. 
Um, and, and that's concerning. I mean, you know, you look at last night and, you know, within 40 seconds, Napoli have hit the post. Uh, not long after, they've got a penalty in the 1-0 up. And it, it, it's a pattern that keeps happening, that Liverpool are starting games really slow. That teams as well are starting to fancy themselves, which would be a concern for me. And I'm sure it's a concern for Liverpool as well. I mean, you know... I'm, I'm not someone who likes to big up Everton for obvious reasons, but I expected Everton to sort of be in their shells, to defend the box, to, to fight for the ball and to not be particularly expansive. But they looked like a side at the weekend that fancied themselves. And I think that's what we're seeing more and more now. I think, you know, teams are looking at Liverpool and saying, well, I think we can get at them. I think we can get at the back line. I think we can get at them down Trent Alexander-Arnold's side. It's not the first choice midfield. Um, the midfield hasn't got the legs of, of, of previous midfields, etc., etc., etc. And all these things are coming together. And it's just made, Liverpool are making it harder and harder for themselves as time is going on. It's only, it's only what, two wins out of seven now this season. And look, you don't want to be overly dramatic and you don't want to write anything off and things like that because it is still really early. Liverpool have got two home games now, Wolves at the weekend and then Ajax in the Champions League. You know, two wins there would go a long way to making things feel a lot better. We've got people starting to return now from injury. I mean, Thiago comes on last night and his, his cameos, you know, eye-opening really. You know, he's putting in more challenges than in 27 minutes than the whole midfield did in the in, in the in the game previous to that, uh, which tells you something. So I think he can have a real impact. Jota fit would have a real impact. But you know, some of the decisions right now, I think when I was on here the other week, I, I don't really understand why we're not playing Nunes at every point really. You've spent a lot of money on him. You need him to bed in, you need him to fit in with teammates. And to not be starting him last night, I thought was a bit of a strange one because we know what Bobby Firmino can do. We know what he's capable of. But we need Nunes to bed in and fast. We need him scoring and fast. And one of my concerns when I'm watching Liverpool now is I'm not sure what this Liverpool's, what a goal from them looks like. And what I mean by that is when we had the established front three, you saw patterns of play over and over again that other teams couldn't deal with that would result in Liverpool goals. At the moment, we seem to be relying on Diaz for magic to take two or three players on to get it to go outside and put it in the corner. And look, goals like that are fantastic to see, but they don't feel like systematic goals that are when because everything's clicking. Because everything is not clicking. It's the opposite of clicking. It's unclicking yeah. right now for <laughs> The um <clears throat> the Salah uh fewer touches per game at the moment. The Athletic did their piece during the week. It it feels mm-hmm. like he's still touching the ball in the right areas but just less and like that's not what you want, you know. He's supposed to be one of the best footballers in the world, and he just isn't playing like it at the moment. Yeah, he's he's oddly become sort of a creative player. I mean, I've seen something saying he's you know he's created some of the most ch- chances in the league. He's right up there in terms of that particular stat. But that's not the one we want to see him top of the league of. If you like it, it is goal scoring. We know we can be fantastic in terms of winning games for Liverpool. And, you know, he scored 40-odd goals in a season for Liverpool. So to not have him sort of in and around the box more than he is, it, it is, is a little bit confusing for me, particularly when, you know, we we had the red card for Nunes, the, the, the daft head, but he's out for three games. To me, I thought, well, why, why wouldn't you put Mo Salah through the middle there and get him on the ball more and get him in the box more and getting him in threatening areas more? If you look at his his heat maps, obviously he's he's very much he's he's chalk on the boots almost at times on the right out there, and and it feels like that's in readiness 
for for linking with Nunes. But then Nunes is not even there last night, so I don't know. It all, it, it looks a bit muddled. It looks a bit confusing. But you know, it is a manager that brought us the league title for the first time in thirty years. It is a manager that brought us a lot of good times, and you know, we've just got to sort of keep it under for now. I know that. You know, the, we're almost crisis club of choice uh, right now, and that's how it's always going to be, particularly after, you know, one of the well the heaviest defeats in Europe since 1966, I think it is. So that's not Liverpool. That's not Liverpool's identity. That's not what Liverpool are about. But very, very quickly, they need to find themselves. And, you know, again, another concern from last night is you, you, you think at our time, a rocket goes up them. You know, you think that there's going to be teacups flying and all the rest of it, all the cliches. And then they come out and concede another one. And it's equally as daft as the previous ones that they've conceded. And, and you know, the, the goals, the, the manner of the goals, they just see Napoli playing simple one-twos and, and see our defenders standing there like statues. You know, you can't help wondering what, what is going on right now. Gareth, it's probably very easy after last night, especially, to look at Joe Gomez and say, OK, quite easy to take him out of the starting team. Maybe you put Joel Matip in there automatically. Yeah. At what point, though, does does the magnifying glass have to come down on Trent Alexander-Arnold? Because, you know, it, people often talk about his arrogance and the way he walks around the pitch. And he gets away with it, obviously, when he, when he does things like he did against Bournemouth and finishes the ball off like that. Yeah. And his attacking play is obviously excellent, usually. But, but at what point... Does Jurgen Klopp have to really take a look at Trent and, and his really poor performances so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're talking about it behind the scenes. You know, you know, like like any manager, really, what manager in the modern day would throw their player under the bus? Uh, there isn't many of them because we know the headlines that it results in and, and the talk that it results in. But I'm sure behind the scenes, he, he can't be happy with some of that because, as we've already said in this chat, it's basic stuff. It's not following your runner. It's not committing all out to being in a certain space at a certain time to try and deny the opposition. To just see him strolling around you know, on three or four occasions and, and vital occasions that have ended up resulting in a goal. It's not the first time this season as well. You know, there was a there was a goal earlier in the season where, you know, Milner's having a go at Van Dijk. But equally, you know, you wondered about about Trent on that one as well. Um as you say, going the other way, um, you know, he is vital to Liverpool. He, you know, he's he can whip a, a superb ball in his, his range of passing's unbelievable. He scored a great goal, as you mentioned, against Bournemouth. But it's got to be the fullest. He's got to work hard first and foremost. They all have. They've got to track back. You know this system with three in midfield and with it not quite having the legs that it has on previous occasions. They've all got to work. And at the moment, as we've already said, opponents are working harder than them. And perhaps as well, you know, the gaps closing now. I mean, it was always. It always felt like that Liverpool were the fittest team in the league essentially however they were being set up behind the scenes the training regimes and all the rest of it it always felt that Liverpool could run and run and run and run forever now it feels like that gap's closed a bit and that other teams are doing exactly the same thing and you were you know a lot of managers talking about counter pressing and pressing and all that kind of stuff you know that is now the de facto way that you know lots and lots of teams are setting up so if they're just setting up matching Liverpool or, or better than Liverpool in terms of heart, desire, fight, running, etc. It could be simply one of those problems. So Liverpool have got to somehow get get those levels back up. But the problem is as well, you know, going back to the injuries, you've got players there that look knackered, that look shattered, that can't run. You know, Fabinho for me is absolutely vital to Liverpool. He's the only one really who can play that spot in the squad. 
and he looks off it. He look he looks miles off it to me at the minute. And, you know, he's he's dangling out legs. He's he's in the sort of slipstream of attackers, and and he's you know he's nowhere near them. He's not in, he's not in the right place at the right time, which he always seemed to be in the past. He looks like someone who could do with the rest, but there's no one to come in and perform his role. Equally, Milner, you know, you wouldn't. Yes, he signed a new contract. Yes, he's staying around that Liverpool, but. I wouldn't really expect them to be starting games. I'd expect them to be filling in. I'd expect them to be a, a break glass at times. Yeah. To see them starting games but just tells you where we are right now. I think that's really interesting because the, the reason he's starting games is because they haven't signed enough players over the last couple of seasons. It's not just this transfer window. They have been very careful with their spending. Yeah. Now, they, they, you know, in fairness, when they identify a target, they go out and they get him and we don't really hear much by way of, of build-up or months and months of, of speculation the way you do at other clubs and they're to be commended for that but the net spend is not what you would expect when you do have the best if not one of the best managers in world football and he is what's keeping Liverpool at the level they're at at the moment I don't think there's any doubt about that you know like he has taken players and turned them into global superstars by virtue yeah. of the coaching and the tactics and the approach so like I don't know the owners it, it feels to me like the owners have not backed Klopp in a way that you should when you have such a genius in charge. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the, the, the signing of Artur um, looks a bit panic. It looks a bit break glass. It looks a sort of, you know, that's the best that we could do because we left it so late. Thought it was interesting that the manager was, you know, so forthright almost in his answers about the midfield towards the end of the of the transfer window. He's normally someone who bats away any conversations around that. Indeed, he was doing uh, earlier on in the year. But now he sort of seems to be saying, well, yeah, I do need someone. And, and you know, we, we get in a lad on loan who, yeah, he, he could turn out to be great, but equally he hasn't played for four months. He comes on for a few minutes last night and it's going to take, you know, a while for him to find his feet. Liverpool needed someone world-class coming in who, who could pretty much hit the ground running. Uh, and they haven't got that and they are now officially short. Anyone, anyone can see that. Um, and it, it does seem like sometimes all the eggs go in one basket in terms of targets and you know they, they obviously targeted um, Chiuameni is how you say his name I always get his name wrong <laughs> um, he, he goes to uh, Real Madrid and then it's like well what's the next option down the list and I'm like you in that you know I know that they have the targets they stick to it and they get them and that's work for them obviously they did that with Van Dijk they did that with Alice and things like that but I think in this particular situation, I think lots and lots of people were saying, but you've got Milner and, and you've got his age. You've got Henderson and his age and his form. You've got um, Naby Keita and his injury issues, Thiago and his injury issues, Oxlade-Chamberlain and his injury issues. You've got Curtis Jones, who's a young lad, Harvey Elliott, who's a young lad, Carvalho, who's come in, who's a young lad. So anyone could see it, really. And it's like, and even, I think the concern, another concern now is, you're looking at it and saying, "Well, the, the, the now the eggs now seem to be in the Bellingham basket for next summer." Well, one, what happens now? What happens between now and then? How low is Liverpool for? What can they actually expect from this season going forward? But two, what if he decides not to come? What if what if someone else swoops in, offers them more money? That Real like, Madrid, like they've got, yeah. you know, they have space, and it will have space. space. Hmm. And we know that FSG, you know, will will pull the plug on things if you think it gets too expensive. You know, we've seen them do that in the past. So, you know, that, that's got to be a worry. I don't doubt that there are other targets and other players on Liverpool's radar. And, you know, they have got better scout 
operating systems and software and staff than anyone on the internet's got. <laughs> um, so I'm sure that they've got plenty of people there, but they, they need to be, they need to be a hundred percent that these people are coming in because if this is allowed to continue and, and, and there is an over reliance on players that well, can't be relied on essentially, then there's only one direction, isn't there, for Liverpool? And I think, you know, with Naby Keita, it's now, it's now finally been said that it's a serious hamstring issue. Now, he's a player that Liverpool have paid 50-odd million for and, and should be a player right now who you can call on. OK, you can't really call him out. It's an injury. Injuries happen. But it's a regular issue for, for Liverpool, or for me as a Liverpool fan looking in at it, that he's not been there at the times when Liverpool need him. And frankly, you need the players to be there at those times. I think you mentioned the word uh, forthright there, Gareth, when you're talking about, about Jurgen Klopp. And, and like, even listening to his comments after the match last night, talking about, I think we need to rein, you know, reinvent ourselves almost. Like, have you noticed, as someone who has watched uh, Jurgen Klopp's demeanour uh, you know, over a long period of time since he's taken over at the club, have you noticed a, a shift in the way he he's carried himself, a shift in his demeanour over the last, well, I guess this season especially? Like, has, that, has that changed ever so slightly? I mean, it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because you know, anyone can see that it's gone wrong uh, this season so far. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not the plan to win two out of seven. It's not the plan to draw at Fulham and draw at Everton and, and get battered by Napoli last night. So, quite, quite clearly, in those situations, he's going to be asked more difficult questions. Um, you know, he's asked about his job last night, um, which I find surprising. But you know, if he therefore ends up getting touchy about that. Well, he's a passionate man. He's an emotional man. Um, and we like that about him, by the way. You know, that, that is that is a good side of Jürgen Klopp and, and it's something that suits the Liverpool job. We want to see someone who's passionate about managing Liverpool. But the, the bit that got me, like I say, is it, just that, he, you know, he was, he was quite open about the fact that he seemed to want someone. Um, he didn't really say who. He, he said he wanted a body. He wanted someone in midfield, and that's that's essentially what happened in the end with the with the loan signing. But that felt to me a little bit like when they left it all window, and then eventually went and got Kabach and and got Davis, who never even played for Liverpool uh, in the first team. So, you know, it, that that's not good planning. That's not good thinking. That's not a good way to operate. And and I think it, one of the questions a minute ago was, you know, that 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 seems to have been the case now for a few windows. And it's th- this conservative approach, stroke gambling almost on, you know, Klopp's genius, if you like, I think is starting to fail a little bit. And he needs to be backed. He needs to be backed by the owners. They need to find money down the back of the couch, whatever it might be. They need to go and buy top class players because that's happened before and it's worked yeah, Alisson exactly. top class player that's worked it. Van yeah. Dijk top class player worked yeah. so you know you've got to go and do that again and to say someone like I like Curtis Jones I think he's a talented lad I love seeing a lad come through the ranks and things like that but to be calling on him right now and say go and fix the midfield Curtis well quite clearly not that you, you can't do that you can say that to someone like Thiago. And, and like I say, you know, he was transformational almost last night. Straight away, you see someone on the front foot taking people on in midfield, putting in more tackles. He looked fresh. And I'm really looking forward now to seeing him against Wolves at the weekend. But imagine we had one more of his ilk, one more of his standard. Someone who could deputise for, for Fabinho as well and get him fresh, get him fired and get, get him to the level where he should be. That's what should be there, and that's what should be there now, and it's missing. And you have to say, well, it's on recruitment. 
Can I just ask you one last one, Gareth, for me? Uh, j- just on the the safety advice handed out by, by Liverpool to, to the fans heading over to, to Naples for this yeah. match. And, and uh, look, looking on Twitter last night, I saw some uh, strange videos of, of Liverpool fans trying to get on to coaches and, and being asked for, I think, someone with a, with a handheld camera taking photographs yeah. of them. Um, and I know there's probably a lot of Liverpool fans, Irish Liverpool fans, watching this morning and listening this morning who maybe were over and, and coming home from the game. Did you anecdotally hear of anything strange on the ground? Like it was probably fairly unique in itself to have that that uh, official safety advice coming through the club as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there was a fuss over that safety advice, which I didn't really understand. I've got to be honest, because it got turned into, well, isn't Liverpool a threat to people coming over here, and isn't the crime in Liverpool, and all this sort of what about tree? Um, but the, the advice was built on how Liverpool. I've experienced things when they've been to Naples in the past. So, you know, I've I've got friends who've been attacked in Naples in the past and they're not hooligans. They're not people who go looking for trouble. They're in bars, they're in restaurants, they're enjoying the city and you've got groups of people turning up and targeting them. Now, I don't know of that going on in Liverpool. I'm not saying Liverpool is a crime-free city. Of course it isn't. But if that was going on in Liverpool... I wouldn't have a problem with a, a club that was coming here telling their fans that they need to be careful. And that's what Liverpool did. And it, it was built on evidence. It was built on not only fans, by the way, being targeted, but journalists covering the club in the past as well have been targeted when they've gone over to Naples. So, you know, this how dare they say something, I didn't really understand. And yet, as you mentioned, some very concerning treatments of them last night and being photographed and you know show, showing up their ID and the ticket and that before they're allowed to get on a bus that takes them to the ground. I mean, what what society are we living in here? This is people going to a football match. Going to a football match is not a crime. Being a Liverpool fan is not a crime. Being from this country is not a crime. And yet you're treated there as though you've committed one. And that is wrong and that should be called out. Um, and I know Spirit Shankly have already said there's a you know, the, the speaking to the football supporters um, association in Europe, I've probably got that name wrong, but you know, it's it, it's a body that represents fans in Europe. There's a conversation already going on there, but in any way possible, particularly after what happened in Paris, this type of behaviour by police forces and authorities abroad should be challenged. And you wait for, you know, where are they in this? You know, Naples has got a reputation around how fans visiting that city are treated. So, so where's the sanctions from UEFA around that? You know, when do we say, well, if you can't control that situation, you know, the match has to be played elsewhere. And as I say, going back to the what about tree around it, I don't remember that ever being the case at Liverpool. I, I don't ever remember people saying that's an unsafe city to visit as an away fan. So I was absolutely fine with the advice that was issued by Liverpool because it was the right advice and it was proven how they were treated over there that it was the right advice. Gareth, we'll leave it there for now. Plenty more to talk about over the coming weeks. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers, fellas. Thank you. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.